podcast my name is patch and with me as always on these podcasts is rich in his garden room rich how are you sir evening patch nice to be back in the garden room i've been in the office this week so ah, how did that go yeah no, I've, I've been in two days and to be fair i was pretty bored because i'm it, it's just well i thought there'd be quite a few people in but it's just literally me and two people i don't even know so okay did someone ask you to go in or was it just testing the water or oh, oh yeah my, my boss just said i fancied Go back in the office for a, just for this week, just you know, get yourself back in and you know, get a taste for it again. And I mm. said, yeah. So, not enjoying the not enjoying the dark mornings. So mm. I have to get, I have to get up a good hour earlier than I would working from home. Well, obviously, yeah. And the and the journey home isn't. I I, don't, I forgot how much I get stressed sat in traffic. So. Yeah, your uh, so our trips into work in in what what are we talking now? Twenty years ago, probably, um, was some of the best road rage I've ever heard from a man. In that, un- that unreleased album, you've yet to. I have got an unreleased I- album. It's very, it's very F and Jeff. I don't think we could ever be released, to be fair. So we're talking about the bonus shows coming back on on Saturday, on Sunday morning, to talk about the Bristol City versus Blackburn game. My my uh, co-host for that is Matt Withers, who is not quite on a par with you, Rich, in terms of road rage, but he's up there. Is it an age thing, or is it? Is it oh, when you're, you're both. You're both. Is it because you're the passenger? Do you? Do you? Well, it's of... not me causing the problems, is it? I'm not the oh, one there's, there's driving com- at him. Or there is a common theme, isn't there? <laughs> that you're <laughs> the fact you used to witness me road raging. Now you're witnessing Matt. Yeah. There's, there's a common denominator there. Yeah. No. Very true. Very so, true. We'll, we'll what, come back. We'll come back to Matt in a minute. But um, a bit of admin. Uh, there's a, a competition going on on our Twitter page at three p i a p c. Um, and it's for a Bristol City signed poppy shirt. So it's a, a Taylor Moore shirt from a couple of years ago, but it's match worn. And if you retweet the tweet, um, if you go through our tweets, you'll find it there. Um, you will enter into the prize draw to win said shirt and we'll announce the winner on the podcast on Sunday. So please do get involved. If you know anyone who would be interested in a Bristol City shirt, we've got about 103 people's names in the hat at the moment, Rich, for that one. Am, am I allowed to enter this? No. Or is that, you can retweet no? it, but your your name will be omitted from the hat. I don't, I don't think many people... I, I, I've got a few followers on Twitter, but I don't get much engagement. <laughs> so I don't I, know I, why. But I, I saw you like you said you liked a song tonight. I didn't I didn't actually look what the song was, but... Oh, um, you, you, you like it, Patch. Okay. Oh, I'll check that out then. Their, their tour has already sold out, and they've only released two ever... So- you, can, you can only find two songs on Apple Music. Are you going to say who it is? They're called Wet Leg. Okay. So it's, it's a, a female duo. They're called Wet Leg. And I must admit, when I, when I put one of the songs on, it's called Shays Long. Mm. Um, I had my 13-year-old daughter in the car at the time. And I just thought it was kind of like a nice little catchy song. It went until she told me the meanings of the lyrics. So I'm, I'm getting taught by a 13-year-old what these... <laughs> what, it, what this modern culture words actually mean. Oh, brilliant. I'm going to have to listen to it now. Uh, oh, it's a great, it's a great fantastic. song. Um, but yeah, a couple more bits of uh, of admin. There was uh, we've done three regular podcast episodes in in the last week, really. So we spoke to Mark Fox Powell um, and Adam Crowther joined me from that one of BBC Radio Uplaid fame, uh, and we talked about are we alone in the universe? So I was really interested to get your take on that, Rich. Do you think we're alone in the universe? Well, I, I don't think we can be, can we? There's no reason why we should be the only. Mm. 
planet that's got life on it. I don't know if I believe all these when the people see UFOs and aliens, because I, I do wonder why the aliens always got two arms and two legs like us and a head and two eyes. <laughs> why, 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 why aren't they looking like a random shape? Why are they looking like us? And why do they always land in Central America? On a, on well. a, yeah. in, a, in, a, fair point. in a redneck farm. Absolutely fair point. Uh, the next two episodes we had guests on that have appeared in BBC's The Outlaws. So Stu McLaughlin, um, who was a friend from school, he's been he was uh, played a policeman in The Outlaws, and also Ian Aitchison of Longwell Records fame. He played a landlord in the last episode, and he served Christopher Walken with a drink. So if you want to hear about their experiences, uh, then do listen back to episode one six six and one six five. But let's get on to uh, today's episode. And uh, Rich, when you think of hypnotherapy, tell me what you think of. Well, I guess the average man would think of Paul McKenna and those kind of 1990s, kind of those kind of shows that yeah. you know, making people out like chickens, things like that, basically. <laughs> so which which was gonna, it was going to be a question I was going to ask our guest is, is that bad publicity for the, the real hypnotherapist? Mm. Is that doable? Is that what is that? Is that a made up thing for, just for the TV? Okay. So that's, I hope that'll be a question that um, Trina can answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I I knew exactly what you were going to say when I asked you that question. So uh, yeah, you did come back with my expected answer, but let's bring our guest on. So it's, it's Trina Bertwistle and Trina is a hypnotherapist by trade. So Trina, come into the podcast. Hi, evening, evening. Hi, thanks so much for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, so we talked about Matt Withers just a second ago. You're you're a very good friend of Matt Withers. You go to watch, watch Bristol City with him at home, um, and we we met recently. And I I I've got a real interest in mental health and things like that with the work that I do. I'm in a small group called the Mental Health Allies at my workplace. So we're always looking at alternative Hello. therapies and things like that. And yeah, Rich's perception, first of all. Do you want to address that question? Yeah, let's do that first. So um, the key thing with hypnotherapy is we incorporate hypnosis within that. And hypnosis is a is a, a time when we use relaxation um, and then a person's imagination and suggestions. So McKenna on the stage, he would pick his most easily influenced guests or volunteers um and he would put suggestions and yeah it's a very similar process but he picks probably the, the the ones who are most willing most able most yeah most um yeah easiest to hypnotize yeah. and that's when he gets them to cluck like a chicken because they don't mind clucking like a chicken basically but uh, it's it's not something i i do in my therapy room not intentionally <laughs> in any way <laughs> And, and they can't remember. They can't remember. They can't recall doing it. When they, when they watch it back, they can't say, "Well, I remember doing that." Or, yeah, I mean, often they would, you know, when you see the stage show version of it. I mean, it is it is quite an extreme version. Um, and yeah, the person should have some recall, almost a little bit like, "Was that a dream or was that real?" Right. Type of thing. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. I think your your question, Rich, as well, was going to be around. Are they actually hypnotized or, or are they acting? So yeah. it sounds like they actually are. Well, it sounds, yeah. like, it sounds like it can be done. So, absolutely. I mean, hypnotherapy is basically a, a therapy where we, it helps people fundamentally with things like phobias, stress, anxiety, depression, 
habit forms that they no longer want anymore, you know, behaviours that aren't really in line with their current lives, that type of thing. Mm. And, and literally, I mean, if you look, for example, somebody who is overwhelmed and stressed, you know, they'll take maybe five, six, 10, 12 sessions, whatever it is right for them, phobias or three, because it's a very clear process to unwind the thought behind a phobia. But a smoking person is just one session to give up smoking. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, and, but, and it's 97% of people never touch a cigarette again. They just wow. believe themselves to not be a smoker. And it is, it is quite simply that, yeah. So I mean, we all know how powerful the mind is when it works against you. Yeah. Um, so you turn that round and flip it. it. Yeah, it's powerful. I was in a, before we get on to how you got into it, I was, I was on a call today and it's, it's resilience week in work. And we okay. were joined by Luke from the Andes man club. Have you heard of the Andes man club? Fascinating. I have. It was yeah. one of the most impactful talks that I've ever attended, to be honest. Uh, some of the things like key takeaways that I, that I experienced were ask yourself, would you allow someone to speak to you at work the way you speak to yourself? Just think about that, Rich. I know you speak to yourself quite a lot. So would you allow someone? <laughs> I'm, do I'm, I'm doing it now. <laughs> but it's an incredible thought. You know, there's lots of negative thoughts go through your head and you go, sometimes I'll go down a rabbit hole and I'll, it's quite hard to get out of that rabbit hole of, of, of a, something that's going round and round in my head. But yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't let someone at work speak to you like that. Is that what you was getting at? But do you agree with that, Rich? Well, is that the same as like I would say to my kids, you know, you would don't speak to somebody how you wouldn't want them to speak to you. Is that the same kind of? Well, kind of, but also when you're, when you're in deep in thought or you're getting anxious about something, you can often you can often be quite hard on yourself. That's what yeah. where it's getting at. Um, but that was a really powerful thought. And Trina, you were nodding along there. Is that something that you've you've experienced and thought about before? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of my clients they firstly become relieved to know that actually everyone has that internal little voice, that dialogue. You know, it isn't just a crazy symptom. This is in everybody. Um, and yeah, you should always ask yourself: Does it say to me the same as? it would make me say out of my mouth to a friend of mine who had mm. similar concerns or issues, you know, and often the answer is no. Yeah, absolutely. Another one that I took away was uh, stop comparing yourself to other people. Comparison is the thief of joy. I think uh, mm. obviously everyone sees everyone's life on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. etc. I know Rich is a big fan of those social media platforms, not. Um, and you never see them post when they've had a massive row with their partner or whether that when they're experiencing stress and anxiety and things like that. Rich, do you obviously agree with that one? Well, that was going to be another question I was going to ask is um, obviously hypnotherapy is, are we just more aware of people's kind of problems or is it, is modern life making people more with anxiety because of social media, they're comparing them, their lives with uh, other people's life. They're comparing their kids to other kids who are, uh, appearing successful just because their parent obviously their family's pitting out on Facebook that they've or oh, daddy proud that so-and-so's got a star in class isn't is modern life more stressful or is it just well, I think scientifically we, we it. it's been proven that we create anxiety very simply with negative thought so any influence in your life which makes you think negatively or have negative thoughts about any matter is only going to fuel an anxiety symptom 
or set mm-hmm. of symptoms. Yeah. So so when if looking at Facebook does that for you, you know, this keeping up with the Joneses attitude to life, you know, that's never going to be a great thing. Um, it, and it's very much about life balance as well, isn't it? You know, when you get on that treadmill, that hamster wheel, when you are keeping up with, you are earning, you are trying to do the friends with coffee thing all the time trying to take the children everywhere they need to be oh it's like oh and, and I also need to go to the gym and you know it there is a limit Everyone I, 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 agree, I agree I agree what Patch said about the comparison side because we do kind of in your kids are quite young Patch but no when you do see someone else's kid who's high flying you do kind of think oh why can't why can't you build that but you did you know I said yeah. you know you think it you don't you don't say to your kid oh no so-and-so across the road is doing really well why aren't you doing it you don't you know you've got to, but you do kind of you kind of ask yourself that question: Am I, am I letting my child down by not pushing them? Have I have I not done something so they're not equal to that child down the road? I think when I was studying to become a hypnotherapist, one of the important things I heard about um, we trained for when we speak with people who feel they have issues with parenting or children parent relationships is that as a parent, the key thing you must always remember. And, and it wafts in wings throughout the child's life from when they're very young until when they're a grown-up son or daughter of yours. But the bottom line is, as a parent, the key thing you are doing is influencing them. You are demonstrating to them mm. behaviours. <clears throat> so as long as we're aware of that all of the time, yeah. you know, so they recognise that, you know, if you want nice things, you you get up, you go to work, you study, you, you know, do all those sorts of things. If you spend more than you earn, you go into debt. If you save a bit, then you have nice holidays and things, you know, and you demonstrate that because we are normal um, is often where we're influenced by other people. Yeah. 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 So uh, I look up um, Andy's man club because uh, yeah, Luke was, was a great speaker and I'd recommend him. Um, so Trina, let's come on to, to you now. How did you get into hypnotherapy in the first place? Has it been something that's come to you recently or what's your sort of journey to, to hypnotherapist been like? Um, so I actually had hypnotherapy myself. Um, ah. So when I was reasonably young, I was widowed, unfortunately. I lost my husband suddenly. And then after I, I ended up having to change my career, I worked in health and social care management and um, we had a daughter and a dog and a, li- a house and a life. And so I had to change it completely. And then in trying to sort of reestablish something new, I had hypnotherapy and it was whilst I was having it and it was making me, I think I had a thought one day where I just thought, I don't know why I've not always lived like this and mm. felt like this about life generally. Um, you know, I used to be a person who compared myself to other people or I used to, you know, just do the things everyone else worry, worry silly about things that were ahead of time. Um, and, and it completely changed me, completely changed my life um, to the point that I thought I now have to train in this because it's, you know, I, I sort of feel I facilitate a model of therapy um, and the, the, the client comes to me, they, they kind of walk in my room with their perception of what they believe to be their, their troubles, their problems, their issues, but they also come in with their own solutions. Um, and we, you know, I just facilitate their journey through and, and it, it is absolutely lifelong change. You know, you don't see people come back because they're kind of, they, they have um, better better mm. pathways if you like neural pathways that are so, more conducive to their current lives which is 
which is what we all hope to be really it, it is really subtle but really powerful therapy so, so yeah you, so it changed me yeah so you got into it out of a desire to help other people the way that you were helped is what i what i'm taking from that yeah without question without question and and it obviously allowed me to then um do a lot of things which were really brave um for me i went self-employed where i was always been employed before um you know set up my own business work from home and i, I kind of decided to do that right as we went into a national pandemic just before that so timing wasn't really great so i just complemented it by working as a nursing assistant at the nhs oh, wow. and so yeah so so when i had to keep closing hypnotherapy Obviously, I worked as a nursing assistant on the front line down at the Royal Infirmary, and it was incredible mm. because being a hypnotherapist actually has changed me as a person. Um, and, and you know, you literally find yourself doing it all the time. You could just be having a coffee with a friend and literally I'll be, yeah, going to hypnotherapist mode. <laughs> so what, what would you say to the sceptics who think they can't be fixed? They've, they're too far those down the line. The yeah, those are the easiest. Yeah, because obviously when we when we have a very extreme view, as in, no, I'll always be like this, it's like that, you know, it's it's much easier for them to recognise when things are different, you know. But when we have people who just float through, not really sure it might, you know, it's hard for them to recognise when things are changing, things are different. Um, because we kind of don't miss... Um, so, for example, if you're someone who worries an awful lot, uh, ruminate over a decision, you know, just completely overthink things. When you don't do that anymore, you don't realise you're not doing it. So what we have to do is we have to get them to see what they're doing instead of doing that, how they know they're no longer doing that, if you know what I mean. I think so, I think, so it's kind of vision. I think you may meet my wife soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you can fix her, she's she's a worrier. She doesn't like change, even like as long as I know her really she'd be in a job and the boss would leave and yeah. she's already she's already worried how bad the next boss would be not wait until it does yeah. happen or the next boss might be even better it's negative straight away any change moving house new, we've got new neighbors coming in oh she already say oh they might be nice rather than saying that she's like oh they're not young uns building you know bars in the back garden but she's already thinking the things that could go wrong yeah. So I think I'm at the And you know, in. that is quite a common, that is a common thing because, you know, we, we all have limits. We all have capacities to be able to cope. And we've often put these strategies down throughout our lives and they've served us good purposes. But in effect, we just want to try and control everything, um, you know, and really all we can control is the way we react or respond to any situation, really. Um, and yeah, and somewhere within that, you know, is, is, is a, is a better idea you know worrying about things for example no one's ever predicted the future well no. um or probably or accurately so any thought you have which involves anything ahead of time it is never going to be right accurate it's going to be one of the versions of what you've thought it, yeah it, it's um it's unnecessary and it does genuinely take away you being able to be very consciously present in in the moment you're in and i think that's the key thing when people when people feel better, when they know they're better and that the therapy has really uh, changed things for them, it's because they just feel more present. And, uh, you know, you, you notice little things. I think when I was, I had a lot going on in life, I was very stressed, overwhelmed most of the time. And then literally, you know, grabbing bags out of the car, shopping, falling on the floor, so stressed. 
And then as I start ambling to the house, I thought, oh gosh, look at that, the snowdrops are coming up. And even I went, yeah. where did that come from? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it was suddenly as though my brain just kind of both went calm and woke up at the same time. It was, it's incredible. But um, yeah, so it, it just it is, it is a really, it's a wonderful thing because anxiety, symptoms, um, symptoms of depression, uh, living with a phobia and just living in a very restricted way is really tough going. I kind of worry it's going to influence the, the girl, I've got two uh, young girls, 17, 13. I'm just kind of worried, I'm worried that her, uh, the wife's kind of anxieties will be a burden to them. Demonstrate. Yeah, I mean, people come to me and all the time, they go, of course, I've got dreadful anxiety. Mum had it, great auntie Flo had it. Yeah. You know, but this isn't genetically linked. It is, it is because those are the behaviours we were shown. Yeah. That was our normal. You know, when you have a parent who had an addiction, for example, you're not more susceptible to an addiction other than the fact that they literally showed you that that was quite a normal thing to live in that environment, to be around that type of thing. And so, you know, my mum was always a worrier. So I could say, yeah, that was inevitably going to make me a worrier. But, you know, ironically, she isn't anymore, which is wonderful. But um, I had to pay for therapy to get in the same place she's now in. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I think it's it is just one of them things. I think if you if you if you demonstrate it as a parent, it becomes quite the normal thing to do. Yeah, to behave like that. So, so you mentioned the the fact that we've been through a pandemic, and uh, uh, fingers crossed, coming out the other side. Is this something you can do remotely, or do you have to be in person? You can do it remotely, and a lot of my colleagues have since decided to stay remote. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yeah, so they 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 literally use Zoom all the time. I'm a bit more of a people person, so I prefer my therapy room. And I also work out of a therapy centre down in Totterdown as well. Um, but I will do sessions over Zoom. And unfortunately, pandemic has made, you know, we go into this survival mode initially, which made our world very small. You know, that's when everyone focused on whether they could get new role from the, the shop. You know, it became very small survival hooked on every TV program. Then we kind of move out into more of an acceptance. Okay, so this is here. We're not getting. And then we now are in this period of growth where, okay, so this is now normal. You know, maybe I go to the office again and, oh, my gosh, isn't the traffic awful and all of those things. But it's this opening up process where people who may have coped with strategies which meant they were safe if they stayed in their home now are struggling you know Mm. this is the thing which sort of pushed them over so it is important to offer the service with zoom and it's as effective um over zoom i've had sessions myself over zoom because for some people that is the best solution um and yeah it's it's very important to find the therapist which is right for you to build that rapport with them Mm. um and to feel comfortable with the way you know it, it is delivered for you fantastic no that is well great great to hear that um yeah that you you can still work through a pandemic and still achieve the great results um without going into names or or actual you know people and those experiences just give us some a flavor of some of the the most random things you've had to uh you've had to help people with obviously the typical ones of helping stop people stop smoking um and with stress and anxiety you know for example my wife has got a fear of bees so when they get close to her and they buzz around, the reaction is uh, quite, quite priceless, especially when you're driving on a motorway. Um, yeah. 
and also hills. Okay, so she won't she won't get on well driving up a steep hill. So there's a couple of random ones to kick off, but uh, any that you've helped people with? Um, I've had somebody who was phobic about the sound of somebody vomiting. Mm. The sound itself and the fear of the sound. So literally when wow. the husband went to have drink number one, the anxiety started to go up because she knew at drink 12, she may have to hear the sound. So there's those type of things. Well, that I see is, people from Road Rage a lot. That is incredible. Road Rage, okay, here we go. Yeah, so we, we can often, um, and there is a set reason why that occurs. Um, it's it's something I've not completely mastered in myself, but I think, again, I've spent enough time with Matt Withers to have that influence. <laughs> Um, you know um, and, and a lot of people will want to change that because you know it isn't it isn't a great thing it can take people to a place they're not comfortable mm. um, I mean phobias can be around anything you know I've had phobias about um, the the little sweets like the little um, sprinkles okay like, yeah. you know like, which like means hundreds and thousands yeah, hundreds and thousands. Yeah. yeah. So they're nervous about going to birthday parties in case it's on the cake. Oh or if they goodness. sort of get um a mixed up of sweets and what if a sweetie in there has got it. Yeah. So um, you know, people have just created for themselves, much like we do a behavior strategy or a way to cope, we can create a fear response that is extreme. So literally as a hypnotherapist, what we do is we kind of go into our filing cabinets in our subconscious and we pull that piece out and throw it in the bin really put it in the shredder <laughs> what's the what's the difference between a fear and just a, an annoyance because me um say Every, office everything annoys him but in that <laughs> but it's not a fear also i'm not like i don't run out the room but when i'm in an office is is noises that don't need to be made like someone clicking their clicking their pen mm. and e an email bing a message bong it's just yeah. noise. Um, I don't. I hate going to the cinema because I just hate the rustling of paper, things like. That. Not because I'm scared of it. It's because it just annoys me. Is that what's the difference? Is that then something that could be fixed? Is it? It's just something that I find annoying. I guess. Um, I would suggest that was probably because at the time you were in a state of stress. Because when we are stressed, we are a little bit on high alert. And obviously, that's what the pandemic has done. It's put us all purposely on high alert, on high alert for the pandemic and for, you know, exchanging virus germs and things, but also regarding everything else in life. So you're I mean, in a high state of vigilance. You are homing in on these sounds. You could be sat next to a colleague who does not hear them. I mean, this is, um, this is, this is long before a pandemic. This is, um, <laughs> yeah. this is everything's been office space. In that environment, you're obviously feeling a sense of stress whereby it has now become a thing for you. So yeah. it, it's kind of low-level phobia, yeah. Because most other people in your position wouldn't find it an issue at all. But I think um, if, if you were, like, we all have moments we can recall where we felt really calm in our minds. We felt we could think quite clearly. And it, it's in those times we make our best decisions and we kind of get the most joy from life, if you like. I think once, um, I've, once I've heard it, I can't unhear it. That's right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just pick yeah. it out every time it happens. Then I'll be I'll be almost listening for it, kind of thing, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is probably a better coping strategy, 
um, that you yeah. could you put my, could create my head, for yourself. Put my headphones on, you should. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> or just yeah. Shut I think this, um, yeah, that doesn't doesn't surprise me. You know, having spent a lot of time with Rich, that there are there are things that annoy you that don't annoy other people, and vi- and vice versa. To be fair. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. Some of those examples you gave there of 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 those fears or phobias or things that people can't handle are, and you can tweak and tailor your response as a hypnotherapist to deal with virtually anything, I guess. Yeah, well, to be honest, you know, it's often our perception. Um, you know, for someone to come to me and believe that if they hear somebody vomiting they are going to go into a state of panic and you know have an irrational response um because they fear it they're more likely to mm. and, so and if they so yeah i've got i've got two young children who uh my youngest my my boy is anxious about everything his hair washed and uh my my daughter gets anxious if something comes on the tv that that she's not familiar with it takes me ages to get her to watch something new and i think that's quite quite similar with with a lot of kids but is your work focused on adults or have you you taken on kids as well yeah no everybody i mean it's it's a really um valuable therapy for everybody i think the interesting thing is is when we um you know the psychotherapy side of it the talking therapy side is 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 you know tailored to who i'm talking to and with um often we keep a parent with them because therein lies your issue often um and and it's very much about um the hypnosis side of it as an adult i have a therapy bed with a nice blanket and a lovely cushion and because how often do you get told to lie there for 20 minutes and relax? Never. So it just makes the whole thing more pleasant and we mm. convince our brain we're going to relax, let's relax. With a child, they don't need to. They just need to sit and play and be around you. And as long as you're still doing that same, you know, using their imagination, getting those suggestions in, you know, it, it will get that brain changing the way it's thinking about things. So how, how do you, like Patch mentioned, his wife with bees, my eldest daughter and his birds. Nothing, nothing's ever happened. She's never been attacked by a bird, and it could be any bird. Obviously, pitch, uh, all sizes. Um, we went to yeah. uh, Warwick Castle recently, and she literally wasn't going to come with us because there's a peacock garden there. And we said they're not, they're not going to be walking around. And the end of the day, there was one there, and she just literally froze with fear. She's seventeen, almost crying. And obviously, we're kind of saying, well, "How could you be scared of it? How do you combat that? How do you what do you show them pictures of these animals and kind of?" No, I mean, when we were studying, we, we got to understand all the various different things, but we very much use, um, with this therapy, we use your own imagination to look ahead and think, well, how would I rather respond? So so right. over the sessions, we kind of do um, like a standard calming somebody down session, followed by a session where we do what we call a rewind. So we we get the mind to muddle up the memories it's created around why birds are so scary. And, you know, the fear response, we get them to just muddle that up so your brain doesn't realise that's what it's supposed to now do. Um, and then we just put in some much more pleasant memories where birds haven't been an issue and, you know, you've been doing nice things and birds were there and it made no difference sort of thing. And and those three stages together will put you in, if you like, 
a, a new set of images which which will completely soften or you know take away that that dramatic fear response you've created for yourself mm. so you, you've spoken several times you've used the term subconscious mind now yes. I, I think that that um from from things i've heard in the past that that equates to like nine is it 90 percent of of your mind and your thoughts or something along those lines and it's spoken yeah. about a lot in a book called the chimp paradox um, right. are you familiar with that book and i yeah read yeah, the book absolutely uh so so yeah it's, it's lots of things like driving to work you know when we used to drive to work every day you're <laughs> you're literally on autopilot so it's your subconscious mind that's actually driving you to work 10 yes. percent of the other part of your mind is is thinking about something different is that is it getting people to sort of tune in to that subconscious mind is that part of the technique well it's more about recognizing that we have a conscious mind and that's the bit that we use when we're chatting with everyone and and whatever and that can kind of um be we can kind of back that up with with a part of our mind where we're quite clever we make good decisions we have all the information we've ever learned whatever or it can be dominated by by a, a part of our mind which is a much more emotional responsive part and it's when that one takes a greater dominance that we we feel the symptoms of the the low moods or the anxiety or the stress um so when we got that understanding the subconscious is kind of where we store those more um repetitive instinctive behaviors um, so that's obviously where we're we're introducing change, because once we start to change the way we think, we change the way we feel, and then that changes the way we behave. Mm. Have you ever done any work with kind of sportsmen who, were, like, you, know, you say subconscious, like muscle memory? Yeah, have you, yeah. I mean, have this you engaged is something I really love to specialise in because I also have a, a fitness trainer who works alongside me because we often do um, like a focused motivation. So I see people who want to address their relationship to food we'll say as opposed to you know lose weight they'll have some goal or aim around eating and drinking um mainly with habits um or they might just want to get to the gym more often and make more time for themselves those type of things um yeah focus motivation i see people for driving tests exams you know if they have an event we can very much get them to again using their imagination to visualize the future if you like what would it be like if you succeeded at this type of thing and then you get them feeling that that level of confidence and focus around their goal so you say you're you're a Bristol City fan could you get there before the weekend or well no I just think I was just thinking so so I, I I've interviewed um through Robin's reunited part of this podcast, uh, Matty Hill, Matthew Hill. Um, and he said that in the early 2000s, there was a sports psychotherapist, whatever the, whatever term you want to use, who yeah. uh, called Brian Jones, who basically before a game, any player that had any worries or anxieties would go in, spend five minutes with him, and they would come out not worried about that particular, you know, piece of play or crowd yeah. or whatever. So, Bristol City have been through uh, was it 17 or 18 games not winning at home that's got yeah. a play on your mind so is that something that that you as a hypnotherapist could could have an intervention on absolutely absolutely I mean when we did the training up at the um, Clifton practice up in um, in Bristol because this this training originated in Bristol although it's provided all over the country now Glenn Catley 
um, he used it massively when he won his title, um, solution focused hypnotherapy for him because it was a title opportunity he had when he didn't think he was going to. So he wasn't as prepared as he might have otherwise been. So he used it for that and, you know, listening to how it helped him and how it helps other sports people and watching it for myself, you know, when I'm when I'm delivering this therapy to people and watching how it does get them very focused and motivated. But more than that, it gets us to move past something when we just constantly go over it because we go over things. Maybe that's coming up in the future negatively or we we introspect the past negatively um, and we can use negative introspections of the past to kind of validate how we feel now so we just get stuck in this loop of it will never be better than this so it's about it's about breaking those cycles down really as well yeah there's got there's got to be something in it in terms of the the number of times that we conceded a late goal and that Nottingham Forest game where we conceded two in the last minute there's got to be something in in their in their psyche that says we are going to lose this game and it's just trying to trying to throw that in the bin, as you said at the start, throw it in the shredder. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's about doing that collective, though, as a team, isn't it? And, you know, I mean, I get really frustrated with um, the fans being blamed, you know, um, because I'm very much one of those. I'm a fan. I've had my season ticket 30 years this year. Um, and, and you, I have an opinion. And, and unfortunately, sometimes it's not always a positive opinion because I believe I'm there in a forum to be entertained um, and to watch a sport being performed at a standard, I expect, in the mm. championship. I mean, I'm grassroots football. I loved watching my dad manage local clubs, Sunday morning football. I like watching real football. So yeah. don't really watch the premiership. Um, and so when you go down there and those things aren't met and you feel these people should almost be disappointed to take their wage... You know, I, I think it's fair to say that. Um, I, I like to trust that there is each individual on that pitch is doing what they feel is right and that they need to do personally. So if they they do have lives, we understand that. We understand there's highs and lows of lives. But, you know, their mental health needs to be as invested in mm. as their physical fitness, I believe. Yeah. And maybe some tactical training and things <laughs> might be good. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, it's something that, that I've I've been saying, and when even back when Lee Johnson was in charge, and we was we would go on a losing streak, or something along those lines. Uh, some time with with someone who is qualified to deal with mindset, I think would go a long way. Um, so people come when people come into your room or in the hypnotherapy center, are they ever? Is, is there an element of nervousness of what they've seen? Like we started by semi-joking about Paul McKenna, you know, Darren Brown um, and how they hypnotize you and that sort of stuff. Are people ever coming in thinking oh, a little bit nervous about this? And obviously you must have to settle some people down and explain what you're going to do. Absolutely. They're, they're more than happy to, often we've had a little chat over text or phone call before. And my initial consultation I offer to everybody without any charge because it's a time where they can A, make sure that I'm the right therapist for them, that they feel they can get along with me. It has to be a safe environment where they can get everything off their chest. That's one of the main things, reasons you're there, but also that they can um, come in and, and let me explain to them how 
you know, our minds work, how we create these things for ourselves, how we create these emotional responses, this um, low mood or phobia or bad habits or whatever it is, and then what we can do about it and, and how the therapy will help. And that's basically it. And often during that process, they'll say, and I'd really like to be able to use all of that without using the hypnosis. So often, you know, the hypnosis, um, but I've never had, so I have one person who was too nervous. So she was like, well, when I come back next week, I'm going to be nervous. So I was like, right, okay. So if you jump up on the couch now, we'll do it now, mm. which she did and was like, right. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, not not at all scary. Um, and I can honestly say I have people now who ring and just want the couch element of the session. They, they don't actually have, oh, nothing pressing really, but I could really just do with that. It, it, it definitely offers something. <laughs> is it like a is it like a, a switch on and switch off of a computer, like a bit of a reset, cleanse the mind, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very much as well about what you believe it's going to be for you. If you if you lie down, so if I say right, get up on the couch, and I'm literally going to read you a story or a news article, but it's going to just be wonderful. And when I'm finished, you are going to feel so relaxed. It's just going to work wonders. Your bad day is going to be history. I can guarantee to you, I, I could read you, well, I was going to say the, the match report. I won't. That's, <laughs> that's, Back with those match report. a pleasant story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I could sit and I could read anything to you because in a way you've almost convinced yourself that when I finished, yeah. your day is going to be in the past and you're going to feel all relaxed. And yeah, so there's a huge element of, of that coming into it. But what we actually use during hypnosis, as I've said already, is, is your own imagination and we use suggestions, discrete suggestions. We know our minds work on images and it's literally storytelling. And I remember I laying there myself having a session thinking, is this it? What am I supposed to do? You know, I might need to scratch my nose and shall I cook spaghetti bolognese for tea? And uh, and it, it really makes no difference because it's, it's you know, reprogramming, if you like, that, that subconscious. So, yeah. and going back to my workplace, we uh, we had someone in pre-pandemic to go through meditation with us and yeah. guided meditation by someone in a room is completely different to listening to a Headspace app. So it's similar, like when the people come in with you, they're yes. focused on achieving that. When you're in your own house listening on a Headspace app to some meditation, I don't get on as well. I've never, I've never felt that deep relaxation that I felt when I was doing it with, you know, someone in the room guiding you. So I guess that Absolutely. sort of links into what you're talking about. I mean, there. it's it's actually in in several parts of hypnosis, and it starts with a guided relaxation, and then it goes into a focused motivation, if you like. So I've done group sessions of maybe stressed mums you know so the the, the group has a, a common interest if you like a common theme um and then i'll do the general talk about how our minds work and we'll do some guided relaxation a bit of focus focus motivation around just feeling happy and you know generally coping well and it is absolutely marvelous i mean when we were training um early days there was a, a the neuroscience department came and they put the headset on somebody and they literally sat at the front of the the conference and they were read through if you like with the hypnosis and we watched the mind and not and often when you look at the brain it it, it was four different colors bright red is when we're busy doing and thinking a lot um, yellow is when we're at rest but awake 
So we're not engaging actively with anything, listening to someone or something like that. And then blue was kind of like when we're calm and black is when we were asleep. So they had a volunteer there and she had the headset on and obviously nobody is asleep. We're all sat, we're all watching, we're all relaxing as well. Somebody is reading this wonderful suggestive story and this girl's neuro readings, it was black as though she was asleep. Wow. So that that recovery, that brain regeneration was occurring sat there wide awake in the middle of a room. So incredible. it's like I say, our brain, our mind is incredible. It's an incredible well, thing. Well, that's a bit like that. I guess you both saw that Paul Merson BBC documentary thing when they scanned his brain, didn't they? Well, she yes. showed him showed him images of food, holiday, and then obviously betting. Yeah, had a brain. Though, it? I mean, can you? He was born with addictive personality, or is that because he? There was pictures of him quite young, weren't there? I've been involved in the card school. Mm. I think I think even back then, like when he was 16, 17, he was he was not gonna stop playing until he either won, lost all his money or won lost his money. So yeah, his yeah. brain they showed his brain, didn't they? Looking at his images. So he's already it, I guess his brain over the years is wired to be not not turned on, but uh no. Yeah, excited. It's, 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 it's excited. Bad- yeah excited by yeah so it it becomes stimulated by and it's often habits you know we form habits so we have like a um, a dopamine release which is like a quick fire feel good if you like and and um you know when we have that first little win on a game of cards in the playground you get that little hit Mm. and so on and so on and then it needs to be bigger and bigger and bigger and the anticipation of it and then yeah and and so it's like that so so addictions are often habits that have just been created and escalated within our own mind and and you know any behaviors can change addictions can change they're all behaviors there is only one substance out there which is chemically um hugely problematic to to come away from um everything else can you know behaviors can be adjusted and altered so yeah you can change but that person needs to be open-minded i guess to want to change i guess do they as with everything yeah yeah i mean if, if you if you quite like being in your workplace with your headphones in because it means nobody bothers or talks to you and whatever and you can just chill and listen to your music then you know it's quite useful that clicking of pens annoy you so sometimes we have these little we have these little habits and behaviors which actually serve us well. Mm. It's only when right. they start to restrict them they're a problem. Yeah. Well, Trina, this has all been absolutely fascinating. And you know, we've both we've both got a lot out of this. So how do people find out more about about um you well, get in touch with you, I should say. You've, obviously you've got your website, um, which is hypnotherapybytrina.co.uk. And That's I understand correct. So as you've said already, it's an initial consultation, which is free. Is that sort of yeah. half an hour, hour or depend? It's depend about on... 15 minutes to an hour. Okay. Um, and then ongoing sessions are priced. It's all on the website at £50. I always offer a discount to key workers. I think they've had a tough few years and that's oh, not seeming to get much easier. Um, and then, you know, I... Um, do you predict? Can, do you, can, can you can you sort of give an indication of how many treatments it will need, Absolutely. dependent a on? Phobia is three. A phobia is three. Weekly, ideally, um, somebody with um, an ingrained um, compulsive behaviour um, that can be as many as ten or twelve. Most people, five to seven, mm. and you know they're pretty sorted. But it's a very personal journey. I see different people. There are no two people the same. 
Um, change and improvement happens quickly in everyone. I'd say that's the only common denominator. Giving up smoking is only one session. It is a bit longer than an hour and it does cost a little bit more. Um, again, that is quite relevant to a smoker. The financial side of things is quite relevant. But yeah, so I have a Facebook page. I can be found and messaged through. And also I have an Instagram page. Um, but yeah, so um, I had a really great idea yesterday. Somebody bought a voucher. Ah, for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, which is a great idea to get somebody started on it because it was for an initial consultation and then a couple of further sessions. Now, at that point, that will always influence somebody in one way or the other and you know we can only ever hope that that will influence them to continue and to maybe make these adjustments to themselves in just the way we enjoy life um and you know take responsibility for their own lives really and for mm. that little voice and where's well, where are you where are you based where's the what part are you i guess you're based, I'm in, based in whitchurch based in whitchurch therapy center is in totter down though um uh, and yeah, I can do online, so I can I can do all around the world if necessary. Amazing. Um, we used to have a goalkeeper at Five Aside who was a hypnotherapist, and he would sometimes be called at the drop of a hat to uh, someone who was performing, sort of on stage or um, you know, over a variety of of people, and which often left us in the limbo of having no goalkeeper, which was obviously you know bad for us, but. Uh, is that something you can do, like moment of need hypnotherapy? Yeah, well, people often, you know, they'll often contact me because we use part of the therapy when when people scale themselves is what we call it. So it's when they check in with themselves really to see how they're doing. And obviously everyone aims to get to the ultimate. And through the therapy, they might have a couple of those during. And then months later, I'll get a random message that says, oh, my gosh, today I was a 10 out of 10. You know, and you think right. that's great. Do I remember, you know, what you've done <laughs> yeah. before? Go back through the records. <laughs> you know, it's lifelong change. The only people I see again is often, and I've had this maybe three times, where a smoker has come and given up smoking, um, but actually smoking filled a significant amount of their time, which they then fill with anxiety symptoms, if you like. So then, then they come back and goes, actually, yeah. I'm a very stressed person <laughs> who yeah. now doesn't smoke. Or, but or I'm now, now I'm stressed. addicted to dairy milk or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't stop doing crosswords help me yeah just anything really isn't it I mean it's about being able to feel that we're making our best decisions to live our own best lives really that's always been one of my little not bugbears but when when someone says oh, I need a fag I'm stressed I always say well isn't it isn't it the smoking that's giving you stress in the first place like I, I get stressed but I don't, I don't reach for a cigarette so yeah is I think nic- the interesting thing about a cigarette is there's the only addictive part of it is nicotine, and that's very, very small percentage. And the effect of nicotine starts to wane after 44 minutes. So once you're into like 46, 47 minutes, you know, you're already on the downslide. Yeah. Um, but what it does chemically to you, it should be kind of the re- reverse. You know, people will often say, oh, that was really stressful. I need to go and have a cigarette. But in truth, if they want to feel the high, they need to have the cigarette and then go and do the stressful thing. Yeah. There we go. Because that is the way. And so it just goes to show how they're thinking around it. You know, what they have um, what they use it for is contradictory to chemically what it's doing to them. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, um, Trina, you've been very kind and donated uh, one 
initial consultation and and first session for a raffle prize for my daughter's school for Christmas raffle. So thank you for that. But also Love we're going to off, offer one up on the podcast. So um, if you retweet this episode on Facebook or Twitter, then um, you'll get an initial consultation and the first session with Trina. So thank you so much for doing that. And uh I think lots of people will be very interested in, in, in this and lots of people have got phobias that they might not necessarily have ever spoken about. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what comes out, Rich. Again, can I get involved in that retweet? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to pay, Rich. No, I'm definitely going to talk to Kristen about this, uh, this interview we had and hopefully get her in touch with you because I, I just think she needs something because she's... I guess it is you know, it's difficult having two teenage daughters, well, two teenage kids best times, but I just think she needs a bit of a, it's not put me saying, oh, stop worrying about stuff. I think she needs to hear it from somebody else, not just her husband who just wants a quiet life. You might have to just take her and drop her off, Rich. Otherwise, I, she'll be worried about going. I, I, I think she's always gift been... Yeah. Gift <laughs> I think she's always been like kind of agreed that she needs to talk to somebody, right? Just her general worries and the stress she gets herself into. So I would definitely look you up anyway. Absolutely. absolutely just know it's just you don't have to be like it you know I was like it for years and years and years and yeah I decided to you know take a grip of my life because of an event that occurred but bottom line is I just wish they'd have done it years ago yeah, definitely you well, know when she I was said like to me 20. she said to me oh trouble you rich you just want a quiet life and I think well yeah of course <laughs> we all want a quiet but life we all surely. do really yeah. don't we yeah. yeah we all want that perfect life but our, our perception of what is our best life is different person to person you know and and we often set out wanting these things you know and it, you don't often take a step out and look back at it and think actually this is my perfect life this is the yeah. one I wanted but I'm missing it because I'm living in the future that I'm worrying about yeah, yeah. so it, it's just really good just to what if what if it helped you that's yeah. all you need to ask yourself no, nothing to lose is everybody absolutely so someone someone said something someone said to me earlier in the week was um i was worried about something really stupid and they said just think about the impact it's having on your family around you if you're in a mood and so so quickly i snapped out of it because i thought oh no i don't i haven't really thought about that if i'm either being miserable or being quiet or not interacting with the kids as much as i should be so maybe that might be attacked rich to go on Again, um, I, I'll say to Kristen, what's the point of being in the mood? You no, know, what's the point of waking up and being in the mood? But she's obviously, that's, that's her husband saying it. He probably, just, again, just wants her to be in a good mood. I think mm. she needs to hear it from a professional. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see if we can get that, get that sorted. A bit, a bit like, you know, a bit like we say, say someone has depression and you say, oh, cheer up. That, that isn't what they want to hear, is it? They want to hear it. No, it's a good yeah. point. It's a great point. And owning it, taking responsibility for it, understanding more about it and, you know, yeah, not not, not sit not seen as a weakness. Yeah, not not take not take it as a weakness. It's just we a, fi have, a fine tune of the brain. We all have mental health. It's our responsibility to keep it as good as it can possibly be, as we do with our physical health. You know, we go to the gym, we try and eat healthy, we don't drink too much if we can help it. We try to not smoke if that's our thing. We try and do all the things for our physical health. If we took the same responsibility to our mental health, then people would live far better lives for themselves just because they would enjoy the things they do you know this life isn't promised we get one go round yeah. and you should absolutely take responsibility to make the best of yours five Definitely. five other takeaways which i've just noted from my from the chat earlier um exercise hydration you time and or having an escape where, where is your escape 
four is sleep and five is diet. If you can get a good balance on those five things, then you're on a good path towards mm. uh, a, a good mental health. Well, ironically, um, my thing, um, the model of therapy I deliver has three key elements to it that we encourage um, and they are all P's. So when I'm dealing with children, three, I have three a peas pod in a podcast. Three peas in a pod. Wow! Yes. It pod. It's, got, it's, it's, it's come full circle. <laughs> it's come full circle, absolutely. But those are very lit, quite literally, positive activity, positive interaction, and positive thought. And the chemicals that those three things produce, we can all take responsibility for, and it makes our world far better. Wow. I think that's a, a good place to park. It seems almost wrong to go on to Rich's rant from this moment, but uh, <laughs> that is... <laughs> I'm cured. I'm cured. <laughs> right, can, you un- can you uncure him? Because this is a critical part of the podcast. We should yeah. have done this first. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, now, Rich, so have you got a rant for us this week? My rant is a, is a new thing. It's new is people who park on pavements properly on pavements now this isn't like the two wheels on a pavement this is the full mm. wow four, they park anywhere now like even four wheels on the on the pavement yeah like there was a car i saw recently and it literally blocked off, blocked off the pavement so i thought i thought if i had if i was a anybody with a baby buggy you'd have to walk into the road mm. so i know the streets are getting clogged don't they with park on a car. wheelchair correct but these Roads are getting clogged now. It's like, no, if it's, a, if it's an archery, they'd be having heart attacks now. But, but they're parking, you've got WL lines, so they're parking on the pavement to mm. avoid that WL line. I, but the, the police, no one seems to react to it. They just seem to get away with it. If yeah. you've got a spare bit of concrete inside your house, they just park on it. I live I live near a school and often the the, the, the people that are pulled over because they're late dropping their kid off or, or trying to park as near as they can to the school, very usually there's half the car on the pavement and you you're trying to squeeze through a little gap to get to the school so i completely completely agree with you on that one but it just annoys me well you know i've said in the past i every every street corner you know, it used to be a law you couldn't park on 20 yards away from a corner but now if an ambulance want to get through or a fire engine want to get through some of these roads mm. some of the parking's ridiculous and we know what's the cause i've said this in the past is all the trade vehicles at night people i saw a bloke getting into his um, British gas van this morning, going to work. Back in the day, that van would have been in a depot. So he would, he would have took his car, gone to the depot. But now these people are bringing home their work vehicles. So not only have they got their personal car, they've got work vehicles to park as well, which are clogging up the streets. Yeah, fair point, right. fair point. It saves saves the uh, the company money, I guess, and it exactly, gives them yeah. a bit of a perk because they're a company car. Um. So let's move on then uh, rapidly through the segments. Uh, so Room of Doom, Trina, is something that uh, that we've done. This is episode 168, I think. So we've done 167 Room of Dooms where every person on the podcast, so usually, usually three, puts forward something that annoys them and then we vote on which one should go into the Room of Doom and you can't vote for yourself. So uh, Trina, I'd love to know what what you want to put in the Mm. Room of Doom. So for me, it's just people who just purposely are not kind. They are mean, intentionally mean and unkind to hurt someone else's feelings. Um, And it could be someone they don't know. It could just be saying something loud so someone can hear it or just picking out somebody's um difference if you like anything like that just for me is intolerable 
I think that's a very good entry. Rich, what have you got? Mine is, is car related again. It is people that don't go up to the speed limit. And it, especially those kind of, I don't know if you know Queen's Charlton Road, which obviously aims towards a bit church. That is a national speed limit. Yeah, the red circle with the black line, uh, the white circle with the black line. But people still go 30. You can go 50 there. So you're behind this car. He thinks he's sticking to the speed limit, but really he's got a number of 20 miles per hour to go into. Or the road to Kingsham from Willsbridge, that's a 40. But people are going 30. I know you've got to stick to the speed limit, but you can go a little bit faster up to the speed limit. Yeah, it's almost dangerous. So, it's dangerous not to go the speed limit, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a minimum speed limit, but yeah, you can't go like ten miles per hour. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not people who break the speed limit. It's people who don't go up to the speed limit. Okay, all right. Uh, mine is a techno- technological um, room of doom entry, and it's having to accept cookies every time you go on a website. I understand why they do it now for GDPR reasons and all of that sort of stuff, but can I not just put somewhere on Google or something that I, I accept all cookies um, and then I haven't got to bother? Universal agreement, uh, Patch Warner accepts cookies. Thank you very much. That is, uh, that is my solution to the problem. Whether it can happen or not, I very much doubt. But uh, yeah, constantly having to accept cookies when going on any websites, Rich. So I thought you were going to say having to accept cookies every time it was someone's birthday in the office. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not a problem. Ever, ever cakes are, avail- are available. <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem. Um, so now we go around and vote. So, um, so Rich, you want to go first? You are you uh, uh, not accepting cookies, or are you? Is it uh, uh, generally people who aren't nice? Well, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to go with Trina because obviously the world would be a much better place. But it's not just people who don't know vocally will hurt someone's feelings. I played football on. I played football Sunday morning for a good no thirty years. And it's people who set out just to be horrible. Mm. You know what I mean? Are, are, are people who go in town looking for that, that nudge in their back so they can have a go at somebody. Somebody's over their lives must be so troubled. They need to get it out somehow by punching somebody in the face or two foot yeah. tackling somebody. It's just these people you can tell that their backs are up almost immediately. Be it in town, eye contact, what you're looking at. It's those kind of people. Played football against someone like that on Monday night, Rich. You may recall. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah, he was, he was up straight away, wasn't he? Yeah, literally, literally, Mayfin straight away, and yeah. But there's our there, as you say, Trina. There are people like it, unfortunately. But that was Monday night five side football. I mean, how important is that? Exactly. That he has to he has to get that aggressive. It's more it's more of um an exercise for mental health reasons for me, um and fitness. But uh, yeah, some people seem to take it far too seriously. But a vote for for Trina. All right, um. Trina, you go next. Who who would you want to vote for? Um, well, I'm a road rage fanatic, so I am with Rich, I'm afraid, because <laughs> it drives me crazy. And in fact, I thought that you could be pulled over equally for going too far under the limit as you okay, can for going over the limit because you are not keeping up with the traffic. Mm. And that is a danger, a hazard. Yeah. So the cookies thing bother me, but it doesn't stop me online shopping enough. <laughs> <laughs> so it has to be the speed maybe you thing. should start <laughs> declining cookies then <laughs> um obviously mine's going to go with with trina um and i think that is you know it's something that as rich said if if that was not the case then the world would be a much better place um so yeah trina you are this week's winner congratulations congratulations and well thank you well, well worth it we'll get you a three peep a three peeps key ring how about that you might already Amazing. have one. 
You might already have one with, your, with what you were saying. But, is it like uh, a little pea with, is it like pods, peas in a pod? You squeeze them out. Those ones. Yes, I have those. There I you go. You've got one already. Children. Got when one already. I see children. <laughs> Brilliant. We have the same collectible. I yeah, don't know. That is, it's but usually yeah, saved. My, my, it's just lovely because, I mean, I think if someone listens to this and decides actually they will just be a little bit kinder, then I think that's a win, yeah, isn't it? And, absolutely. You know. Things like holding a door for someone or saying thank you when someone holds a door, that's, that that can go a long way. In fact, that's something that Mike, um, who's one of the original three peeps who sadly passed away last year, always something that he said he wished people at his workplace would do just say thank you if you held the door stuff like that but it's even like a mock no i think there's several quotes on afterlife ricky gervais people realized how how good it would make them feel by being kind to somebody Mm. i think people would be kind because it it works both ways you you actually feel kind when you've done something like no you feel nice when you've done something kind yeah I did, we we did we did volunteering at work and we spent an hour one lunchtime three months ago going around all working from home but going around our local uh, you know state or village or whatever picking up litter so we we all got given um you know those grabbers the the yeah. the trigger grabbers and a plastic bag and I used a, a kids hula hoop to put in the top you know to to keep it open and went round the field and I filled the bag within about 25 minutes of a massive sort of proper size bin liner. And I got a real buzz out of that. And yeah, when I've, I've done it now, I do it once a month, basically, and try and move on to a different, <laughs> a different field. But uh, the, the, the amount of pleasure that I got afterwards from doing that and during it, you're just listening to a call or you're listening to a podcast or something. And, yes. you know, it's just something until you try these things, don't knock them because some people might be listening thinking, well, I'm not going to bother with that. But until you try it, don't knock the buzz that you get from it. Same with hypnotherapy. Same with we had a kinesiologist on um, uh, about a year ago. And until I actually tried it, I couldn't believe that it worked. So. Uh, so, yeah. Please I mean, do. I was actually surprised. I went to the fireworks off the pier at Weston on um, Saturday night, mm. and they offer that there now. They're at several stations, there are grabbers and bags, and it's a notice. It's aimed at children, ideally, for them to take a grabber, take a bag, mm. and fill it with rubbish off of the beach. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, we'll finish off with our recommendations. So uh, we go through, this can be anything. This can be an app a TV show on any platform, um, something you're watching, um, anything. So, uh, Rich, obviously we've, we've, we've spoken at length about outlaws, the outlaws on, on, um, previous podcasts. Um, and I recommended one on the last podcast that I did with Ian Aitchison, um, which was called, uh, the search for Sugarman or search for sugar man on Amazon prime. So I just want to just put that out there again. It's an amazing story about an artist called Rodriguez, and he is absolutely huge in South um, South Africa, but not anywhere else, and does developed a cult following. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's an amazing story, and I can't do it justice, but I don't want to spoil it. So if you've got Amazon Prime, within the next week, so by 24th of November, watch Search for Sugar Man. Okay. That's, that's a documentary, is it? Not a... It's a documentary, yeah. yeah. So as I've already recommended that, I'll give you one more. It's also on Amazon Prime. This will surprise you. It's about the Chippendales. (laughs) 
but it's called The Curse of the Chippendales. And what, they, what, those two little fluffy cartoon characters? Not those, not Alvin, Simon and Theodore. Is that? No, it's Chipmunks. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was there was two what they're called Chip Chip and Dell. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, um, but this is uh, this is called the Curse of the Chippendales, and it's about the 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 birth of the Chippendales and uh, lots of murders, FBI in- inquiries. It's really really um, shocking story, really, in the early days of the Chippendales. So that's on Amazon Prime as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sort of halfway through that, and it's. Again, an incredible story, one I was never aware of. So there's a couple for you there, Rich. What have you got? Mine's an album, CD, long player LP. It's The Vaccines, Back to Love City, it's called. Great band from London. I think that's their fifth album now. They've all been, they've all been top five hits. Uh, what I like, especially about The Vaccines, is they're kind of, they're like, the lyrics will overlap two lines. Not just, they don't just end with a rhyming word. They're kind of, overlap two lines and they're quite short two and a half minutes long two and a half minute long songs it's quite snappy and kind of that overlapping thing is that something just unique to them or is it well no i think arctic monkeys arctic monkeys used to kind of overlap lines and they kind of okay you, you think you got to end of a line then it kind of kick a uh, bit of a bit of a note change and mm. but yeah back to love city the vaccines which is quite topical at the minute Vaccines, that is it? very topical um trina what, have you, what would you like to recommend for us well, I think for me, two things. One is going to be Afterlife. I think that is one of the most incredible series ever and has so many messages in there um, about how you should um, live. Yep. Um, but also a book by Andy Workman, who used to be a p- policeman who lived in Bristol, very stressed out policeman. So he became a hypnotherapist yeah. um, and he's written a book and it's called Caveman and Polar Bears. And, and it just goes through the strategy um, of hypnotherapy that I practice um, and explains it in very simple terms um, and its effectiveness. And, and it's his journey through both training and now practicing. Wow. OK. Worth a read. Lovely. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a good place to finish, Rich, don't you? Well, I, I, I did remember something when we knew we were going to talk to Trina about hypnotherapy. I did remember one time I did go to a hypnotherapy, hypnotherapy convention. And the, the man there said he could cure all ailments, but he was rubbish. I mean, even the bloke in the wheelchair got up and walked out. <laughs> I think that's a good place to finish. Um, I knew, I knew that was anywhere. coming. I could, t- I could tell <laughs> where he was going with that before he even started talking. I could see it in his eyes. And you still never stopped him, Patch? <laughs> no, thank uh, you so much. Uh, oh, that was brilliant. Honestly, that was Green. so, that was yeah. so educational. Thank you for me on really grateful to have yeah. me on and uh, it's a brilliant show and I do listen to it often and you, you you make some really excellent points not always around the city I don't always agree but um I like I've said before I, I most definitely can't come on and share my opinions on no, that I don't you, think yeah, that myself. is that is <laughs> our ambition Matt and I is to get you on the podcast at some point uh, the bonus show yeah. I should say to talk about Bristol City so uh, yeah. that will happen in the future hopefully when we win maybe the- maybe yeah, we'll pick a we'll pick a winning game that you that you hopefully be able to um, you know we'll have some positive comments from. But, uh, I'm positive and optimistic on all games. I can't. I can't. I kind of hope Derby County's extra nine points and Reading getting yeah. points might be a help. little saving grace, but uh, not absolutely. the way it's going. No, absolutely. Well, uh, the, 
So the bonus show will be back on on Sunday. That will be the next offering from Three Peeps. And uh, the week after, Rich, we're actually speaking to Bath City legend Jim Rollo, uh, who has recently left Bath City as he was their assistant manager. So we'll be talking about, I think, 20 years at Bath City. So we're interested to find out what's kept him there all that time and uh, the fact that he has been a, a legend at Bath City and, and his de- decision to leave the club uh, to focus on other things. But um, more on that next week. But for now, thank you again and we will be back soon. Take care, everyone. Good night. Thank you. Gentleman, I built a car.